Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Cross Point Baptist Church this morning. I hear a lot of uh, laughing and smiling faces out there. That's great. It's just a, uh, a specially hot day in here, isn't it? <laughs> Inside. We're glad you're here. The weather's bad out, but you know what? We have an opportunity this morning to worship our Lord. What a great day. Whether it's cold out, whether sunshine or terrain or snowing, we take what we get and we can thank the Lord for it. So I want to do a couple of announcements as we get started and just let you know what's going on and then we'll have a word of prayer. Uh, the praise team will, will lead us in singing this morning. Uh, if you're interested in uh, music ministry in some way, there's going to be a meeting right after our uh, services today or as members of uh, our music team meet uh, here after the services, I guess down here in the front and uh, go over some things for, for this coming year. But if you're interested in participating in any way, uh, feel free to, to join into that meeting. Andrew would be glad to have you step in. Uh, also, our uh, class, the Steadfast Life class, will be going to uh, Los Cabos uh, next Sunday after church. So uh, hopefully it'll be a little bit warmer by then, and that'll be fine. Uh, we will be having a business meeting coming up. Uh, next week, and then probably the week after that as well. Uh, one will be for election of officers and nominating committee, and then uh, our budget meeting in a couple of weeks. So just be aware of those things that are coming. And uh, we're, we're into 2024 already, and so let's uh, make it a great year as we serve the Lord together, right? Right? All right. Amen. So let's uh, have a word of prayer, and then the praise team will lead us in a song this morning. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the opportunity to be in your house today. We pray that you just watch over us uh, as we worship in, in song and in, in our giving and in uh, the word that's uh, presented by Pastor Scott. We pray that you would be with us. Help us to open our eyes to and our hearts to what you would have us to learn today. May we lift your name on high. May we give you the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church, would you stand with us this morning? Our first song is Christ is Enough. And I hope that statement is true for you. If you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, Christ is enough. So would you sing with us as we play? Yeah. 
I'll ask the ushers to come forward as we prepare to collect the offering. Uh, we're just saying, I don't know if you were paying attention to the lyrics. Uh, we should always sing with understanding, as the Bible says. But uh, we just sang some, some songs that were pretty, uh, pretty forceful lyrics about surrendering our lives to the Lord. And it just so happens that the passage uh, that I want to read to you this morning deals with the same thing. We talked about it in our Committed Life class. We're, we're studying the, the 12 disciples. And uh, there's an account in Luke chapter 5 where uh, Jesus calls some fishermen to, uh, to go out and throw their net. Even though they've been fishing all night, he says, go ahead and throw it out again. And uh, Peter says, uh, Lord, uh, we, we've been doing this all night, but since you're, since you're asking, I'll, I'll go ahead and let down my net. In verse uh, 9 says that for he and all who were with him, with Peter, were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. It filled two boats. It was overwhelming. And so also were James and John. They were astonished as well. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. They realized that this man that they had been following, who they had been listening to, who was a great teacher, was somebody that they needed to follow every moment of their lives. They needed to follow him completely. Is the Lord calling you to follow him? Is he calling you to be more than just a casual listener to the Bible? Is he calling you to follow him faithfully and completely? If he is, then I, I would encourage you to act on that, that call today, to follow him faithfully. I chose to do that, and I've never looked back. I've never thought twice about, did I make a mistake? Absolutely not. A life given over to the Lord is the best life to live. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, calling people who don't deserve to be called to follow you. Lord, you uh, want to do more for us than just uh, make us happy. You want to make us holy. You want us to make disciples to be like you. Lord, help us to, to be fully surrendered to following you faithfully. We'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. That's one of uh, an applicable manner. That scripture that Brad just read is kind of one of my favorites in how it applies to our lives because there's so many times when we we're the experts we know everything god we have it all justified in our minds but he says do this and you know i'm not saying that jesus was sarcastic but just do it anyways when, when you don't feel like following the lord just do it anyways and watch what happens in fact it, it, and it dovetails perfectly with what we wanted to share today as well I'm going to do this now in case I forget because it's important to me. Um, yesterday, I was on the phone with Raleigh Farley, and I'm going to use him as an example in, in, a, in a moment. But I also wanted to take this time to, as a church body, and I noticed everybody's sitting in the middle today. It's like, whew, you can tell uh, who's here and who's not on days like today. It's like, boom. But um, the, 
I want us to give a, a wave and a welcoming to Riley Farley. So many people are watching on Facebook today. But he made a little funny comment to me about being on Facebook. He goes, you know, you do that wave thing. But where I sit, he usually sits way back in the corner. He goes, I wave, but I never make the camera. So, Melissa, I'm just saying, you're going to have to really stretch that camera around and make sure to get uh, Lisa and all of them over there. But let's take a moment and welcome Raleigh. Tell him we love him through a wave. Welcome him to Crosspoint. Glad that uh, those that are chiming in this morning uh, that way uh, can feel welcome as well. Well, don't answer this one this time because I set you up last week and I didn't set it up properly and then I yelled at you. The question is, is the Lord among us or not? In Exodus 17, verse 7 was the question last week that we examined because that question, what had happened to Israel was they attempted God by asking that question like, are you here or not? And I, we want to apply that to cross point to be able to answer that question. But first we can apply it to cross point. We want to ask you, the genuine believer, or even the person that's still kicking the tires on this thing called Christianity, is the Lord among me or not? Well, I posed that question last week, and it has to be individual before it can be collective, I suppose. The answer to that question will drive and determine your, here's the word, worship. It'll drive and determine your worship. Or as Peggy Taylor would say, your worship. It's worship. Uh, did you know that God desires our worship? He desires it. Psalm uh, 99, verse 5, John chapter 4, and a plethora of scriptures. The word worship can be defined this way. The word worship. To recognize, to honor express the worthiness of God that he is due as our maker and our redeemer. It's part of our daily fellowship with him. In fact, if you're only relying on Sunday morning as your worship time, and even at that, we don't even know what we always mean all the time, you're going to be starving to death, spiritually speaking. Daily recognizing him, his worthiness, our dependence, these songs were about a dependence on him. That's what worship is. Now, of course, at Crosspoint, because we like to make things nice and laid out to where we can't miss them, we've defined worship as giving God your focused attention, no matter what it is. My focused attention, I'm all in. And let's be honest, sometimes that doesn't happen. In fact, if we're going to be even more brutally honest, most of the time that doesn't happen. Now, I'm not talking about Sunday morning at 1030. I'm talking about in our daily lives. When you're driving and somebody cuts you off, when you're waiting too long, all these things that can happen in our own household, he doesn't always get our focused attention. Why is that? Well, we want what we want. I'm going to take a moment. I shared this Wednesday night. I want to share it with you right now. Uh, don't, read over, don't read anything into this, Okay. But last Sunday, um, I had prepared uh, the message. It was on paper. My, the paper was ready to go. And um, we, we met. Uh, it was a cold day, I, uh, snowy, all, that, all of those things. That didn't have a bearing on the preaching worship of the service. But th 
as soon as I started reading scripture, I wasn't reading well, I noticed last week. And even when I was going over my notes, my head was down more than it usually is. And I felt like I was just, I felt like I was in a bit of a, of a just kind of a, a fog, just kind of, I'm here, but I'm not here. Has anybody ever had one of those moments? Yeah. Is anybody having one right now? Okay. Just, just checking. Well, that, that's what it was like for me. That happens periodically to me. And uh, I, I got to really thinking about that. Because then I go home, I kind of beat myself up. And I um, rethink it. Because I want to I have excellence in ministry, number one. Number two is we, I want to be genuine at the same time. And I went home, thought about it. And, and Carl and I talked about it a little bit. And um, I, I did come to this conclusion about myself that I... Um, some days you're, you're going, that's going to happen. I, I understand that. But what I didn't do, watch, this is elementary for the, for the Christian. I didn't prepare my heart. I prepared the text. I prepared everything on paper. I, I just didn't spend the time preparing my heart. I, in, in a, you know, I probably shot one up in prayer to God for the service versus preparing my heart to lead people. Now, I'm going to get a little fiery here for one moment, and I reminded myself of something. This is, hope you don't see this as braggadocious, and here it is. Years ago, I was in my late 20s. Uh, as a genuine believer, I'm pursuing God. I'm all in. I mean, it's that wide-eyed, like, I'm all in. I'm doing this thing. I don't know how it works, but let's go. One of those uh, areas of my life. And what I didn't, when I look back, and you look at it and go, well, that's, that's kind of just naive faith or naive Christianity. You know, you're just all in. You're excited. That was real faith is what that was. When you didn't care about the outcome. You're not as concerned about the outcome when you're just going to follow the Lord. And um, I even thought about this more throughout the week. I reminded myself of something, of who I am. So who am I? You need to do this in your own hearts as well. I know who I am. I know exactly who I am. I can get wayward within myself, in my own head, but not when it relates to my relationship with my Heavenly Father. I know exactly who I am. My name is Scott Land. There's nothing special in that name, but I am a child of God. I am bought and paid for by Jesus Christ, and I... I don't know why, I don't fully understand after all these years, I don't get it why I would go all in on Jesus Christ. But I know this, that when that happened, something dramatically happened. Something rocked my world, and I lived by that blind faith, if you will. A saving faith, a faith that didn't care about the outcome. The faith that said, Jesus is the answer. What was the question again? That, that kind of blind faith that led to... And I did not know this, the Lord placing a call upon my life. He placed a call upon my life. Now, it's up to you. It was up to this church at one point to validate that or not. In fact, we're going to be talking about ordinations. In fact, I'm a part of an ordination board next weekend as well. That's what that church is going to decide. Does this person have a call in their life? They're going to validate the character. I, I don't, all I can really do is validate, do they know the doctrine? That's what's key. But the point of it is, when I come full circle, even leading into today, that I don't ever want to forget to prepare my heart 
for the message. I am your leader. I am your pastor. I'm going to shepherd. Soul care is my number one concern as it relates to you. Now, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not Jesus Christ. I'm not any of those. I can't be. But I can point you where we need to go. And I'm going to do my best. I'm going to clean it up here to make sure that we're leading in a direction to get you closer to the Lord. That's the goal. Amen? Don't you want to be close to the Lord today? You chose to be here. I hope you want to be close and not like mailing it in. You do not want to mail it in. Mailing it, mailing it in, nobody wins. You want to be close. Put out the effort. When we worship our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ, we experience fellowship and communion with Him. I'm going to have Jackson put on the screen Philippians 3.3. We're going to be turning to Scripture in a moment. But for now, if you could look on the screen, Philippians 3.3. I want you to look at it. It's a simple little verse. It's tucked away, actually. It's kind of tucked away in the book of Philippians. We'll be starting Philippians on Wednesday nights, actually. Let's look how it reads. For we are the circumcision, meaning those identified with God, who worship in spirit. Say worship. Worship, worship in spirit. Giving... We're going to give God our focused attention, and that takes more than just a cognitive. It takes your spirit. It takes your, your, your immaterial part of you, all of it. We're going to worship God in spirit, rejoice in Jesus Christ, because he is our pathway to our creator. You, have a, you were created today. You were created. Think about that. Doesn't that make you fall in love with the creator? You were created and have no confidence in the flesh. Have no confidence in the flesh. Yes, we need to prepare for worship. Yes, we need to do our best and excellence in ministry, but it ain't about you. It's not about uh, how pretty we can be and, and articulate and all those things. It's important, but it's not the most important thing. There's no perfect way to worship. Let me show you how, what the heart of worship looks like. I did this in Faithful Life this morning. If I were to say, and we talk about the heart of worship, what excites you most about coming to Crosspoint for worship? Is it the word of God? Some would say amen. Is it, is it being able to sing collectively before him? Some would say amen. If you were to say it's being with the body together, some would say amen. If I were to say, is it the offering? Amen. Oh, I heard crickets for a minute. Yeah, so... There's certain things that excite us about giving, or about, about uh, worship, elements, the elements of it. And other things are kind of like, whoa, there's so much going on. Well, this is by design. I, uh, many of you know Andrew Ridings is our, by title, a worship leader. One who's going to help us give our focused attention to our God. Please don't get lost into thinking worship is music. I'm going to call him up here now, if you would. Uh, Andrew and I are just going to do, he doesn't know the questions. We've talked about this for a couple weeks. Um, he, there is a music ministry meeting after church today. I mean, he's going, I'm going to let him talk about it. I don't want to uh, talk about it. I'm going to give him as much room as he needs here. But come a little closer anyways. <laughs> that uh, I've, I got questions, just open-ended questions. I said, do you want to know what the questions are? And uh, he's a lot like me. No, we like to let things kind of unfold. I want you to see his heart. And if, he, if I were to give a scripted question with a scripted answer, doesn't always reveal the heart, does it? I just got some talking points for Andrew as it relates, as our worship leader, as it relates to worship at Cross Point Baptist Church 
and then the mode of music. Fair enough? I'm going to ask a simple one. How did you become interested in music? Ooh, yeah, so, I mean, just younger, uh, always wanted to play the guitar. Um, saw people play it, just wanted to pick it up. And um, actually, in learning the guitar, I'm like, ah, I'm a very tunnel vision type person. I'm like, what am I going to do when I'm old and retired? Like, ah, I need a hobby, guitar. I can sit on the front porch and rock and play a guitar. How old were you at this age? Uh, 14. 14, and yeah, he's thinking forward. about retirement. Looking forward. <laughs> Molly told me you were an old soul. I'm That's just true. saying. So, okay, so young, and you had the inclination yep. of music. Not like Ben. Ben picked it up about that age-ish, yep. kind of, sort of. So, um, that was your, and you became, how did you learn, how did you learn it? Yeah, so I, I took lessons for about three, four years or so with a, with a teacher, and he got to a point, he's like, ah, do you want to learn to read music? I'm like, ah, I can, I, I hear it. I've got, my dad was really good with just hearing music, being able to play it, and I kind of picked that up from him, so I'm like, I can kind of do what I want to do, so my parents are kind of tired of paying for lessons at this point, so we'll just kind of hold off, and so from there, I just kind of okay. play. All right, good, and as a worship leader, now I've known you for many years. I've watched you grow. I've watched you in positions. I've watched you as a teacher, a leader, leader of a youth group. I've, I've watched him grow. So I have a lot of inside information. But let me ask this question as you share and answer and speak to Crosspoint. How does music help facilitate worship? And or do you want to, how do you define worship? Do you want to play with the word worship? And then I would ask, how does music help facilitate that? Yeah, so, so worship. So I've, I've done a lot, of, a lot of reading, you know, Bible college. I actually had a whole class just on worship and the, the importance in the church. And just, uh, you know, focused attention really is one of the best, the simplest definition that you can get where you don't have to have a PhD to understand it. We all understand what focus is, blocking out the other stuff. And we understand what giving our attention to something is. So for, for us, so worship, as a worship leader, like when I, I come here on a Sunday morning, my I thought is first off, am I focused? Am I, am I doing that? And sometimes, you know, you can, it's easy to get sidetracked. I think we all can relate to that and thinking about what I'm going to teach on Sunday school, right? After we re rehearse in the morning and, and all of those logistics, but, but to block that out and to set my mind, not even on the task, because that's easy too. It's easy to set yeah. my mind to the task of preparing the worship for, for the church service. But it, when you switch from the task to the person, um, I mean, I've, I've quoted this a bunch between us, but, um, you know, just just A.W. Tozer, one of the things that, that he said, and I, I really resonated with me, is when the view of God is little, the worship is little. When your view of God is great, the worship is great. So the question for me is how can I make my view of God bigger? I want to worship God genuinely, and when I when I think of who he is, his person, his character, his works that he's done for me, that, that's, that's how I, in my best attempt, focus, give him my focused attention. When that happens, then everything else just follows naturally. Did you hear that? Do you see the difference between that's a worship leader versus a band? That's a worship leader versus an, an, uh, a five-piece band with all the instruments and the stage theatrics. Um, that's the difference between genuine worship and not, and it's a battle to get there, correct? Oh, yeah. It doesn't just happen when you... Nope, there are days it's easier, but 
you know, today. I was going to talk about today. Yeah, right? yeah, just a little insight. The, the first song, I know it's a new song. And we've had a lot of new songs here lately. Um, but the bridge, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Man, singing that this morning, it, in my mind, as the words are coming out, I'm like, we're doing it. We are, this is it. This is, I hadn't already decided and I have, but I'm following Jesus. It doesn't matter. And, and it's him, again, putting that focus on him and, and what he's done. I call that holy pressure. Just a little bit of holy peer pressure there is not a bad thing. This morning, to help um, them to understand about how he was preparing his heart and mind. Again, we didn't know we were talking about this, but a couple of the girls are sick. Lily was at Rick and Karen's, and he was going to bring just Lily and, and try to get everything ready to go. But he's like, it can be done. It was breaking his heart. He told me this. It's breaking my heart as a dad. I want my daughter, but... I, trying to do all that so Rick and Karen kept her a little longer and he stopped and when they were done with the song during uh, uh, rehearsal I watched him stop all, everybody up here stopped and watched Andrew go to his daughter so that you know um, it shows the heart as well what are some um, some pitfalls to music as it relates to God yeah I mean I, I think some of the, the pitfalls I mean, usually when churches talk about music, it's usually style-related. Um, that, that debate's gone on for forever. You know, is it a hymn? Is it, you know, classic? Or is it contemporary? Is it modern? And um, God's not really concerned about the style of the music. He is concerned about the contents, but not the style. Um, you know, just the pitfalls is just getting wrapped up in the music and losing sight of God. It, it really is. All of worship, if you lose sight of God, then you're just... You're just doing stuff to do it. But as long as he's at the forefront of your mind, um, and again, the, the lyrics of the songs, they, they're there to help us engage our minds, and they're, they're to help us focus on who he is, what he's done and in our lives, and um, we have reasons to praise him. Yeah, that's good. You know, it's amazing to me on as we talk about music and the impact that it can have. Again, music isn't worship. It's the mode. It's a mode. It's, it's one of many. It's amazing to me the impact that music can have. You can have all the, the, the pieces up here. Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard songs played on the radio with, with the best of the best. And then I've heard the same song played at a chapel service with the guy at a piano that knows four chords. And that meant more to me than the polished, because the polished version of that. We can get, it's easy for us just to check boxes. We come in, um, we do what we do, but you know, and again, we've, we've talked about this a lot, like um, the passage in Micah, or Micah, Malachi, let's change the book here, Malachi chapter one, where God is addressing his priests, and on paper, if you read what the priests are doing, they're offering sacrifices, they're, they're showing up to the temple, they're doing all the right things, but their heart, their heart is far from them, there's, there's, no there's no excellence in it, there's no desire to do it with their all, and God's challenge to them is, hey, you good? Go take this to your governor. Is he going to accept it? Well, he's not going to accept it. Well, neither am I. And he finishes chapter one with, I am a great king. I'm a great king. And my name will be feared among the nations. And, and for me here, that's, that's really even the last few weeks. It's really been heavy on my heart when, when we come and we worship. My mindset, it, it, who is God? But remembering, he's the almighty creator. And um, sustainer of everything. It, his name will be feared. He will be honored, but 
am I a part of that? Or when I stand up here playing, leading our church, is he as repulsed by my offering of worship as he was by them? I don't want to be counted among their number. That's huge because in more than one place in the scripture does God talk about bad worship. Uh, Aaron's two sons who were giving a strange fire offering in the Old Testament. In fact, I just read it. They were giving a strange fire and God rejected it. So we don't ever want to think about that part because we, we want to polish it up. But there's a, there is a worship that's a false worship. There's a fa absolute fa false worship. Let me ask this question. Um, I'm going to ask two questions. Pick the one you want. Well, what's the heart of worship? Maybe we already did that. Why, why do this? Why do we do church? Why do it? Yeah, well, let's go with the last one. So why do we do it? You know, it's interesting, really, as you look through the New Testament, you'll see um, exhortations to praise but you never see like a direct command. You, you'll, you'll see praise the Lord, you'll see it as a, as a declaration, but you'll see encouragements, uh, singing, speaking uh, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Um, you'll see that, but there's not a direct, and I think it's implicit. The reason it's not commanded directly in that way in the New Testament is because it's just implicit. If you belong to him, if, he, if you realize how lost you were, where you were headed, and you've accepted Christ, and you understand what he's done for you, you can't stop it. You don't have to be instructed to do it, because it, it's a natural outpouring of the work that Christ has already done in your heart when he's taken you from death to life and brought you spiritually dead to life. Um, That's the natural. spontaneous worship that happens throughout the week. Mm -hmm. Again, I know I keep coming back to this. You can't wait till Sunday morning to, to get it, to get it. It's spontaneous. I like the word implicit. It's implied that you got the living God. He's within you. He's going to stick out. It's, it's, it has to stick out. Yeah. So the question for you becomes, well, how do I worship him? Am I worshiping him that's received in a way that is uh, honoring? Let me ask, uh, uh, I got two more questions for you. One, do you have a call in your life? Yeah. Um Again, going back to around age 14, um, God definitely called me to ministry, and, and whether that was vocational, um, such as Pastor Scott is, or, or non-vocational, such as I am now, of just, just serving God in whatever, whatever way he's opened up to me, it, it's, it is my purpose. It's, yeah. it's what I'm for. The, um, how does one become, how does a member become a part of the praise team? Oh, good question. So start by showing up today. Um, <laughs> Our meeting right after um, the meeting is it's pretty simple. It's a pretty straightforward agenda. Um, it's it's why do we do what we do? And again, with, with some of this, that's definitely I'm going to amend it. I don't plan to repeat you know stuff, but at the same time, it's it's what are we doing? Where are we headed? Why do what's our purpose? Why do we exist? Um, it's it's um, just kind of the direction. What direction are we headed? Um, it's also to give a chance for people to ask questions. You know. Um, up here, we're talking, but if they've got questions about the music ministry, how we do what we do, or, or why we do, um, uh, it needs to be a good place for them to ask that. So meetings for that. And also, I've got to sign up just so we can see who's involved, who wants to be involved. Um, I've asked people through the years. Sometimes they say yes, sometimes no. But um, this gives a good fresh start for people who maybe have been thinking about it or over time their minds have changed to be able to come and say yes. 
I want to serve God in some, whether it's praise team or whether it's special music or instrumental. Um, I want to serve the Lord. I have a desire to serve the Lord in this way. Um, and so we can just figure out how to get people serving. Good, 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 good. Anything you want to share to, from your heart to the church as it relates to music ministry, as it relates to anything, you have anything you want to share that I, you want to cover? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've covered most of it. My, my prayer, my heart's prayer every Sunday when we come here is that when, when we worship, when we sing, and again, worship is more than singing, um, but also we won't, don't want to discount the, the singing and music aspect of worship because it's definitely that. Um, in fact, you can go all the way through Revelation into eternity future. There's still song and praise um, to our God. So, um, but just that is genuine, that we're not just going through the motions. My greatest fear is to ever, as a leader, to, for whether it's leading the praise team or the praise team leading the church, that we would lead the church in going through the motions. Again, those days are going to happen, like you talked about. Where there's days where we're going to struggle, but my, my greatest fear is that we would ever just go through the motions. And my, my highest hope is that he is, has our full focused attention and the words we sing are just a reflection of our heart's love back to him. Yeah, good, 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 good. Well, Cross Point, I wanted to share this much of it um, as we've been talking. He was going to share basically that in, his, in the meeting afterward. But now you get the whole church got to hear the heart of it as well. Um, right after church, I know there's two meetings after church. One's the parent for the parents of the Gatlinburg trip for New Life, but also music ministry. Where are you going to be at? Here, there? Uh, probably going to be over here. And I know that for a few people there is overlap. So if you're not able to make the music meeting but you want to because you're in the New Life meeting, just see me. And we can, I can give you the information, give you the sign-up sheets, and... Um, answer any questions you might have. Why don't you go into the Word Cafe? Because we'll be, they'll be putting chairs up. Sure. And it may lose something. So let's Word, do Word Cafe Word for Cafe. music ministry. All right, good. good. Crosspoint, can you say thank you for Andrew for leading us in worship the way he has? We have Andrew as a worship leader. And um, again, I know, I know these men. I, I know their heart. And um, I, I hope that, that you get to see it as well. <clears throat> Over the next several weeks, we're going to be laying out um, just biblical principles on certain things. As we were talking about um, uh, worship and what it looks like, I had mentioned different modes. There's serving. There's, there's, uh, there's. We do it through song and praise. There's loving on each other. There's all the fruits of the Spirit. But one of those areas that needs to be reminded of and picked up again is in the area of management. And part of that includes management of our finances. Management of our finances. And today I want to share this from the Scripture. The proper view of your treasure. The proper view of your treasure. So turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Proper view of treasure. This is a simple, simple um, area here that we forget. Why is it the simple things that we tend to we we tend to forget or forget to do or just become lackadaisical in? We sometimes chase the, the more compl complicated and detailed and uh, deeper things when it's 
always comes back to the basics of life. Luke 16, we'll be reading here in, in one moment. <clears throat> and um, I'm not going to... Some topics that I bring up as, as, as a pastor, I usually do a big disclaimer. Disclaimer. I'm not doing disclaimers. Not doing that today. We're going to be, over the next several weeks, just talking about finances, biblical, fi biblically, what you do with your money and how, how do you manage it. What honors the Lord, even with our money. Notice I didn't say with our giving, I said with our money. We need to honor him in all areas. Are you really aware, now I'm looking for a response now, people. Are you really aware that God does own it all? He owns it all. Agreed? The Bible says that. Have you seen that? Have you seen that? I don't know why. It's so interesting to me that um, for Crosspoint, I've had an... Um, a respectful disagreement in my prayer life with God over this, and I lost, of why over the years he's chosen finances to be the thing that keeps Crosspoint focused on him. Well, in the question is the answer. <laughs> That's the answer, right? You need to stay focused on me, and hey, you're not going to do it. I'm going to help you do stay focused on me. For other people, other families, I was sharing that with somebody in this church just the other day. It seems that God has chosen physical ailments to be the thing that keeps your family focused on him. That's a game changer, isn't it? When you look at it that way. By the way, that's how we are to look at it. That, that's how we are to look at it. I could get up here and take scripture and proof text it and say, God wants you to be wealthy. God wants you to be healthy. I think he does want both of those things. But he doesn't just wave that magic wand. There's no magic formula for you to all of a sudden have all the money and have all the health in the world. He's more concerned with your holiness and your faith than he is with those areas. I, the, the text says it. The scripture says it. He really does own it all. First Chronicles 29, Joshua 1, uh, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, Malachi chapter 3. To reinforce 1 Corinthians 4, 2 and to remind the believer that we are to be Faithful stewards. We're to be faithful stewards. Somebody needs to write that verse down. We're going to read Luke. Somebody needs to write down 1 Corinthians 4 2 because it, it touches all areas of your life. You're to be a faithful steward with, he owns it all with everything he's entrusted you to manage your children, your grandchildren, your income, your house, your spouse, and on down the list. You're, to, you're a manager, not an owner. Now, I like being an owner. I like having the titles to things. I love it. I, I, on my vehicles, I have the title. I, I love that feeling. I love everything about it. We, uh, the last car, I went, we paid it off. I went to go get the title, and they do it electronically now. I want my paper copy. I went, and I paid the 20 bucks, and I got the paper copy. I got the paper copy for of an ownership. I don't own anything in God's realm. He owns it all. He's given it to me, entrusted for responsibility. Luke chapter 16, verse 20, uh, sorry, verse 10 and 12 is what I want to look at. It's right in the middle of a parable. Actually, it's in the middle of a series of parables, these stories that Christ 
tells that has a purpose, not just a story to be telling stories. I love stories. Um, one guy I used to work with, he's, this guy got twisted up in his story, and he said, it's your lie, tell it the way you want. I'm just playing along, right? I love stories, and, uh, but more importantly about stories, Jesus didn't just tell stories for the sake of telling stories. They always had a purpose. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. And it reads, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the, in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in what, uh, what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? There's a line that I, I learned. It's not a line. It's more of a uh, philosophy, if you will, that I heard from Dave Ramsey. Now, uh, I don't like to get up here and quote other people too much. Uh, but Dave Ramsey, I, I, I check in with him about once or twice a week just to make sure I'm on the right path. I don't like Dave Ramsey because he tells me everything I'm doing wrong. I need, I'm married. I don't need that. I, know, I already know everything I'm doing wrong. It's a joke. Everybody relax. But I, 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 I listen, and he says one thing about money, finances, that's interesting to me. He goes, people think that if you have more money, you're going to do and be and do more things. And his point is, and he goes back to text uh, principles on this, biblical principles, that all money does is reveal more of who you are. It reveals more of who you are. If you're a willy-nilly free spirit spender, that, you're going to be more of that. Um, so the point of verse 10, Jesus is sharing in the middle of a parable. Actually, let's look at the, the whole story here. Because this portion of scripture is in the midst of, of a series of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. If you look back in chapter 15, that's what you'll see. These parables lining up. This parable is one of the unjust steward. You know what I found out about Scripture? It's easy to like Scripture that you're doing. Have you ever noticed that? Like, I'm doing that. Oh, that's a good portion of Scripture. But if it's something you're not doing, whew, man, I don't want to read that. An unjust steward. He's ringing the bell in, 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 in this parable to say, are you unjust in your life? He turns this parable from the Pharisees and the scribes back to his disciples. Look in verse 1, chapter 16, verse 1. The very first line there in black letters in my Bible says, He also said to his disciples. Uh-oh, he, he, wait a minute, keep getting on them guys. Don't bring it back to me. Keep getting on them. He brings it back to them. Believers are disciples. The rich man is God in this parable, and the steward is the manager. Okay, now I'm not going to go over the whole parable, but I do want you to see some application principles I want you to grab a hold of. Verse 10 that we read, the application starts with faithful in the least, faithful in much. Now, it, it, it equals faith with least, meaning money and things, become faithful 
with much, meaning spiritual things. That's what he's talking. He's talking about tangible things on one hand, and on the other hand, he's talking about spiritual. In the end, he's talking about spiritual things. We see this in everyday life. But verse 11 echoes a rhetorical question. Look in verse 11. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, the things, who will commit to your trust the true riches, the spiritual? Are you seeing what he, you picking up what he's putting down here? He's talking about tangible things, spiritual things. I was trying to say this, but it probably fits better here. Yesterday, I, Raleigh called me yesterday. He calls me periodically to get me where's he at physically, and he's, uh, he's just not in good shape. He has one kidney, and cancer's moving faster. Than, than, than he would like, and, and we, we talked about that in great detail. And he, he used this line, he goes, Pastor, uh, we just talking about life, I, I was letting him talk, and he said, you know, I, I'm not a rich man, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a rich man. And then he went on talking about the love of his wife has for him and his love for his wife. He went in talking about, but I got a good family that takes care of things, and they're close by. And then he talked about his Savior, Jesus Christ. And when he got done, he even mentioned Crosspoint. When he got done, I said, Raleigh, you, just, you started by saying you weren't a rich man. You, you might be the richest man in Claremont County right now. And, you, and he's, I could hear him getting emotional as he's talking about his wife, his family, and his God. I can hear it. It's, it's, it's dear to him right now. You know the song said, All I Have is Christ? Where Raleigh's at, that's what he's saying. That's all I have, and he's all I need. I shared this one line with Raleigh yesterday morning. Raleigh, you have what this world is longing for and can't buy it. They can't get it. You have it. Verse 11, we have a living example at Cross Point Baptist Church that sits in that corner over there that can't wave on Facebook. That is faithful is the key line there. Faithful is the key line. Faithful is the key line. Be faithful with what you have. I would rather have 20, only $20 in my pocket and have all the blessings that Raleigh named than have all the money in the world and be miserable and separated. Verse 11 is a rhetorical question. The value of money is uncertain and it's temporary. Do I need to give any real live example of that? Let me say that line again right now in 2024 in our economy. The value of money is uncertain and temporary. In fact, it's about to become invisible. It's going to be digital, but I digress. The value of spiritual realities is fixed and eternal. Did you hear that? Fixed and eternal. What is another's? Look in verse 12 where it says another's. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man, that another is, is God's in verse 12. And then he goes on and says, who will give you what is your own? That is your own is God's rewards. He's entrusted you and I'm going to reward you. Don't fall for the lie that churches are spewing out that if, if you give to me, you're going to get more money. God's going to bless you. I don't want that blessing. I want the blessing that God's going to give. If it happens to be that bonus, fine. 
You want to be in the presence of God. You want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, but not at the end. You want to hear it in present time as well. You want to hear, well done, you're doing good, keep coming. You're putting a smile on my face, keep coming. Keep, you're not there yet, keep coming. Paul said, not that I have apprehended, but he's striving, keep coming. It, it reminds me of a dad teaching one to walk. How come we don't stop when we're teaching a child to walk? How come we don't stop with the first step? They took their first step. Yay, good, we're done. You, come, come on. You want that second, and you want the third. And they start wobbling, and they're weebling, and they get top-heavy, and they sit down, and then they crawl again. Then they may get up, and then when they start taking them steps, and they get mobile, when they get moving, Sometimes a child even wants to get, they get top heavy because their feet go faster than their body. They want to get ahead. Listen, in our spiritual walk, I believe that illustration fits for what God is doing in your walk with him. When you're taking them steps, he's saying, come on, I, I, I got you. I, come on. He's not going to turn his back. Scripture says he won't turn his back. He wants you to take that walk, take that next step of faith. I would add, hang on for the ride. You don't know, you don't know where it's going or how, how it's going to end, but that's the beauty of it. It's the journey. He's given us what is another, meaning God, and is his, in verse 12, is your own, is his rewards. How has he rewarded you and what are you doing with it? What a direct parable about stewardship toward others as well. You've been endowed. This isn't a money message per se. But don't forget, in case you think it is, you were endowed with spiritual gifts. Do you even know what it is? How are you using it? How are you going to use it? Great question. Biblical ways to acquire treasure. There's really three ways the Bible says to acquire treasure. Now, mainly we're talking about money here. I'm going to pick up on that word treasure again in a moment. First Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Turn there with me. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 8, 9, and 10. And I'm going to give you the answer. A biblical way to acquire, acquire treasure is a four-letter word, and the word is work. It's work, which is in high demand these days in in the working world. 2 Thessalonians 3, 8 through 10. Nor did we eat another, another one's bread free of charge, but worked with our labor and toiled night and day that we may not be a burden to any of you. Verse 8, what Paul is saying there is, is we, it's, it's not wrong for you to invite someone to your house and invite them over for a meal. That's not wrong to do. He's saying we were going to be there for a while. We want to have our hands in it. We don't want to be a burden to you, most likely because it was stretching them to have Paul traveling there with them. But he's saying we didn't want to be a burden. You know what Paul did there? He earned some integrity. Look at verse 9. Not because we do not have authority. In other words, you should have taken care of us. He just said, I didn't pull that card. But to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. In other words, don't be always taking from somebody. Paul said, we're showing you how to live your life, not to be a taker, but to be a giver. Be a giver. In fact, Jesus said that, more blessed to give than receive. And verse 10, 
For even, even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither let him eat. Whoa. Now I've heard that one verse misappropriated uh, many times throughout my life. But uh, one way for us to acquire tangible things is to work. Next is investments. That's the second one is investments. We see this in Matthew 25, 27. Is it wrong to invest? In fact, someone would ask me, what's the difference between playing the lottery and playing the stock market? And uh, I've heard the philosophies on it and all that. And in one hand, I go, put them in the bag, shake them up, pull one out. I don't know. But on the other hand, I, I get it. It's an investment. In, I, I understand the philosophy of it. I do. So investments aren't wrong. Matthew 25, 27. But be discerning. And the third way for acquiring treasure is by savings. Proverbs 13, 22, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Uh, chapter 12, verse 14, sorry. So saving, uh, savings is the other way. Now, I want to make one more point, and uh, we're going to conclude the message this morning. Because the application is simple. It's, are you responsible with what God has given you? What are you doing with what God has given you? Now, I'm not just talking about your money. I'm talking about everything as a whole. That's the overarching theme here. The right way to use your treasure. What is the right way? One, to meet your needs. To meet your needs. Now, there is a very subjective cautious line between needs and wants and wants and needs you wouldn't believe the things that i need that carla says you don't want that there's a line there you know i'm gonna go ahead and brag on my wife for a moment i should i should quit saying this because it's, she's starting to get over it i can't get my wife to spend money men isn't that a blessing amen they said <laughs> i set you up bad didn't like, if I say amen, it's, I'm agreeing with him. If I say amen, she's right here. That's not good. My wife won't spend money. She's, she's getting over it. She's, she's, she's starting to figure it out. But, you know, that we have that conversation between wants and needs all the time. It's so, it's so interesting. And that's something that you need to really sit down with your spouse, with your budget, and get out the pen and paper to get over that table, get over your laptop, whatever you're going to use, and kind of do that wants and needs. It's okay to aim at things, too. That's okay. Make sure you're just being responsible with everything that the Lord has given you. You need to heavily search Scripture, find God's discernment on spending money. A five-minute decision could cost you, it can be a 10-year mistake or longer. So one of the things that we're getting ready to do is uh, we're getting ready to buy a new mattress. All right, now imagine how this is going to go. They're crazy expensive, and, uh, and my wife's been telling me for years, you've been sleeping on the good side of the bed. I've, so I, I'll flip it and trick her, and it doesn't help. I'm still on the, she's still on the bad side of the bed. But you know, what you do when you go mattress shopping, and I learned this from a commercial, a five-minute decision could be a 10-year mistake is how the commercial goes. And I thought, that's, that's, that's insightful. I like that. I like it's my own. And we do that. So you go to a mattress store, and what do you do? You bounce on the mattress, lay here. Well, I start on my left side. I'll end up sleeping, snoring this way. If, how, do you, how do you pick a mattress? you got to make a decision. If you pick the wrong one, now a lot of them will give you 
30-day, you know, bring it back and all that stuff. And I've been asking some of you, like, hey, what mattress do you have? How, don't worry about sticker shock. I'm, uh, no, let me rephrase that. I'm not spending a million dollars for a mattress. Let me rephrase that. I'm sleeping on a $100 Walmart mattress right now in my room that's working out really good. But I know that it's expensive, and, and, and I bring up the mattress. I'm watching some of you right here. You're going, I see, the, I see all that. Because I know they're crazy, can be crazy expensive. I know that. And I told my wife, this is one thing that you're picking out. I don't want no skin in the game. I've heard it for years how bad the mattress you pick it out, right? So she gets to pick this mattress that's coming out, and now guess what? It's time, and she's nervous. She's nervous about picking this mattress, the 10-year mistake. She's heard this coming up. We're going to be praying over that mattress. There's right ways to use your treasure. One is to meet your needs. It's important. Number two, to promote God's work. We want to promote God's work, and there's things we do here um, that is, it indirectly promotes God's work. That's kind of pricey. When we have uh, activities, we have the inflatable. Every time we have the inflatable here, that thing's not free. Like we pay a company, but it's promoting God's work, right, indirectly. Um, so the point is, we, we, the right way to use our treasure, meet our needs, promote God's work. That's in uh, Acts chapter 2, 1 Corinthians 16. And the third, this is the last verse I want us to look at, Psalm 37. It is the desires of our heart. The right way to use your treasure is the desires of your heart. Psalm 37. This is good, good stuff. This is the apex that I'm hoping you're walking away with going, I've never seen that. Oh, I need to get back to that. How do I do that? This is, this is Facebook land, Crosspoint. Grab a hold of this. Again, portion of Scripture it's been proof text, taken out of context quite a bit. Psalm 37, verse 4 through 6. The desires of your heart. Delight yourself also in the Lord. Say the Lord. Where are we to, de we are, where are we to delight ourselves In him. He's all you need. And then the verse goes on. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Oh, he's, he, you're getting set up on this verse. It doesn't read like people apply it sometimes. They sometimes hear that and go, oh, they only hear the back part of that verse. That's what I hear quoted the most. The Bible says the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. You need to go back and read the first part of that verse. Delight yourself in the Lord. The dirty secret here is that he gives you the delight. He is the delight. It's not the... The treasure, if you treasure the shiny thing, the car, the ring, what if you treasure that, it's going to leave you empty. You're going to leave you, it's not going to be what you desire anyways. He's going to, when you desire, when you delight in him, he's going to give you the desire that you've always been looking for. That's the context of that verse. He's going to give you what you've been searching for, trying to buy, trying to smoke your way, snort your way, drink your way. We are desire him. Be well-pleasing to him. The closer you get to him, the more your desires will change. The closer you get to him, the more of him you'll want. Now that's what, that's what 37 is saying here. Some people would even say they don't know what they want or desire. 
may end up kind of just floating through life, not desiring him. Pursue him. You're like, I am pursuing him, and it's not working. Stay in that lane. Stay in that lane. Do you know what he's doing? He's going. And eventually, you fall in him arms. He gives you the desire of your heart. As we conclude this morning, I want to share this with you. This is the application. Last week, you saw me flash a number on the screen. Okay, we're going to be laying that out as the weeks. Next week, we're going to have our first business meeting. We have two in a row. Then the following week, we'll vote on everything. And that number was placed there for several reasons. One was not to cause fear, but it's to make you aware. And that number that we put on the screen was sharing the amount that will be due in five years. Like They're going to call this note. We have two um, uh, interest-bearing notes. One's a small one, one's a big one. And the small one of 124000 will come due in five years. There's no extension. we got to do it. Now, I, again, I didn't share it to fear you, and I didn't do it to, to, uh, to make you aware. But the third is this. We need to be responsible with the treasures that God has, with what we have, with what he's given us, and be responsible. We'll be sharing, as the future, next two weeks, we'll be sharing how this kind of unfolds by way of uh, a plan. But most importantly, we have to answer that question, is God with us or not? He's with us. And I'm grateful for a hard lesson that I had to learn over the last week of um, reminding ourselves, reminding me of who I am, reminding the church of who we are as well. We're Cross Point Baptist Church. Now, usually the byline that goes with that is we're Cross Point Baptist Church. We can do whatever we want. I love saying that because we're free in Christ. We're going to follow him. We don't have to follow. We're going to follow him, who he would have us to be and what he would have us to do. And we want to bring honor to him. And that's our end goal. I hope your life is matched up with that very thought. Let's bow for prayer. Can we do that? We're going to have a time of prayer to give you that opportunity to line your life up with that thought. Line your life up with him, with so many activities that we have going on here at Cross Point. Across the board, we're going to give you that opportunity to spiritually get your heart aligned with him. Dear God, take this time, make it your own in this simple song, a simple prayer time. Be our God and we'll be your people. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand with Andrew? We do that to reverence to God, but it also makes it easier for you to come down and pray and make sure your life is aligned with our Savior, Jesus Christ. Andrew.
church, you are dismissed.